handle the truth. Bingo! You are now listening to the facts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains, but we do it from the comfort of our home as we continue through quarantine. I'm sitting with the whole crew this time. It's the first time that the whole crew has been able to get on an episode since we started quarantine. So again, always with my main man's Jake Galley, but we got Stat Matt Robinson tuning in from his home and then the lovely Jewel Schmitz from her home. How are we all doing, guys? Missing Good. desperately. Desperately. Key word, Matt. Desperately. So, so Matt, I've talked to Jake a lot through this quarantine, but haven't been able to talk to you and Jules. So how, how have you been dealing with, one, being in the crib all day, every day, and two, not having any sports, man? Like, what, what have you been doing to pass the time? I've been playing with my dog outside a lot. Awesome. So I'm getting out of the house. I've been going on some walks. Um, and missing sports. One of the bad things about being a sports-obsessed nut job is that a lot of the games they are replaying, I have watched in the past like six months right <laughs> it's not like a fresh thing mm-hmm. but uh, I'm, I'm doing decent and more video games than i usually do that's a big one that I've, I've become a little bit of a i'm not gonna say a video game junkie i've never been but like definitely playing more than i have in you know very recent months you know i've played like two seasons of madden in the past week um been trying to get better at call of duty i'm not good at it so i'm like trying to get my skills up in Call of Duty. I've been going on Animal Crossing dates with my girlfriend. Yes, like <laughs> that's what it's come to. Oh, like, yeah. That's what it's come. Matt only Matt only brings out the best for his ladies. Lady, I should say, only brings out the best. Jewel, what about you? Well, how you been doing? What you know? What's going on? How you been? If managing? there was a if there was a 2020 Summer Olympics, I think I'd qualify for it because I've been working out twice a day. I love to hear it. I, I love it. Entire life. Oh, whoa, flex. Hey. Wait a minute. Flex it again. Flex the muscle. Just got the fun. guns. The gun was out to play. Wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, damn. She was saying, I need a firearm purchase. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no. she can say she needed to. No, seriously. Well, that's good to hear. Everyone's still sane. Glad that we're all able to, you know, to keep this show afloat and keep it moving as we're going through quarantine. But we are stuck inside the house. It's been, you know, such an adjustment for everybody. So, as we come into straight facts, we're going to get a little bit more creative again. And what the best way we get creative as a unit is to have a trivia episode. So, again, Snap, Matt, and Jewel have, have prepared trivia questions for me to once again take down Jake in trivia. Um, so, I will leave it up to you guys. We'll, we'll get into some, tri- some trivia again. And, Jake, are we, are we betting on this one? Um, I mean, last time I'm pretty sure I won. I don't know what we bet, but I know that you didn't follow through with it. So first of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, I'll do a double or nothing if you want to do sure, that. I'm not sure the terms of the bet were ever defined. Oh no, 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 that's right. You have to wear. Okay, so you actually, you know what? You were supposed to wear a Dallas Cowboy jersey at an Eagles bar for an Eagles versus Cowboys game. Um, so it's still on the table. So, so you still, are you so trying you're double good. down? No, you're you're trying. You're not trying no, to double, double or nothing? nothing. I'm not trying double or nothing. Yeah, double or nothing. So either you get off scot free, or you're are now you like two of them. <laughs> you're gonna be known as the Dallas guy. You're gonna show up at both the games. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine because to 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 do double or nothing, I'd rather have a chance to get off scot free than to be be nailed down to one. So. Of course, yeah, it's a good I deal. Even have a football season. I know that's the pessimistic side of me 
saying that, but well, like, Joel, I, but that's that's also why I have. That's why I'm also kind of okay with going double or nothing. I may not even have to do it. He's gotten out. I have more of a baseball season. I think we'll have at least some semblance of a football season. We'll have some. I think it'll be kind of. I think it'll be okay in October. Hopefully, I'm, I mean, I hope before that, but like, hopefully, definitely by October. But anyway, yeah. virtual, virtual shake, Jake, on the terms of the bet. I'm here. I'm ready to go. So, who's starting us off, Matt or Joel? You can go, Matt. All right, let's do it. Right, trivia question number one: Since the NBA ABA merger in 1976, only one center has averaged 30 points per game in a season. Who is that center? Is it A. Shaq, B. David Robinson? C, Hakeem, D, Kareem, or E, Moses Malone? I imagine right. put an E in there. So, I mean, this isn't supposed to be easy, James. Even though this is actually – here's the thing. It seems like an easy question it on the outside. It seems like a give me, but there's no way – I know Matt. I know Matt. So, I know this is not a give me. Look at how evil Matt looks right now. So, I'm going to – A little bit of a trick in here, but – James, so – yeah, okay. You're going to do the same thing I think I was about to. I have a piece of paper here. I'll write yeah, down yeah, yeah. I'll write and then we'll reveal. Um, and so here's what I'll say anecdotally about this question. Is from my random fleeting, even though I guess it's probably not random if you lived it, memory is that David Robinson in the last game of, I don't know what season, but I know he scored about 71 points to overtake the scoring title yeah, that might have put him. That might have put him over the top just from that one. The question is, was it thirty? I don't also, know. Also, I wouldn't put it past Matt to put a power forward in here just to try to throw us off and just to see. I'm not sure was David Robinson. <laughs> no, that guy's a power, power forward. forward. He did average thirty. He's a power forward. But he's now. a power forward. Like, is, was he a power forward or was he a center? They were all centers. These are all, all centers. Okay. He he gave us a little mercy. This I is a really good question, honestly, because like they all could be potential answers. All of them. I think I'm going to lock in my answer. I'm, I'm already though, locked in. Do you want me to go first? Uh, no, hold on, wait. Oh. Let me write it down. Okay. I have it written down, and right. I think it might be wrong. But Here we go. I am – it's going to be backwards for y'all. But D, Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is my – Okay. Is I didn't write it all the way out. But the ultimate underdog and the always overlooked Moses You're Malone. You're definitely wrong. Multiple – Oh, I mean, I just buried you right there, James. No, no, no. You got tricked. You got tricked. Kareem has averaged 30 points per game in a season multiple times, but it was before 1976. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is season. Time out. My 30. Time out. My 30. This is why I don't like doing this shit because it's little caveats like that that I don't know. And I was prepared. I knew it, Jake. I knew it somewhere. That's here. Like, there's there's a catch here. Got it. Got it. Dave Robinson got to 29.7 when he got to 71. You're telling me that there was no time on the Showtime Lakers that Kareem averaged 30 in a season. No time. I know he was old. I know he was old, but like. Really? No. Before the Kareem was my second guess, though, James. So to Shaq, be fair, Shaq was my second guess. But I'm down one zero. All right, one zero, one zero. Look, you keep score for us. Jake's up one zero. All right, go ahead, Matt. Question two: Which of these quarterbacks has led the league in passing yards in a season? Only one of them has. A. Kirk Cousins. B. Matt Schaub. C. Matt Ryan. D. Aaron Rodgers. Or E. Andrew Luck. So I I initially reacted as if I knew exactly who it was. Uh, and then another name on the list gave me pause. 
for a couple reasons. Are you locking in your answer right now? I'm locking in right locking now. But, but go ahead. But go ahead. But go ahead. I've locked in. But I'm, All right. So I'll, then I'll, I'll, share, I'll share my train of thought, but go ahead. So here's mine. And let me, let me see if you, if you follow along with this. Now, there's multiple layers to why I think one of these two guys is who Matt chose. Number one, two old guys on this list have the name Matt. Okay. okay. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> okay. Matt Schaub is ridiculously underrated. And I know that he maybe isn't a great all-time quarterback, but I do remember him passing for 5,000 yards uh, one year. Matt Ryan, on the other hand, obviously lit it up, took his team to the Super Bowl, uh, and Matt is a huge Matt Ryan fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's my train of thought. All of our viewers and all of our listeners out there know, us three, you know, and you especially know, that Matt will use strategic ways to prove points. <laughs> Matt months ago did a stat Matt deep dive where he proved to his opinion that Matt Ryan deserves to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Matt Ryan is on course to be a Hall of Famer. I do not put it past that Matt to use things like this to further his argument and further his point, which he should. They're valid reasons. And I think he took an opportunity right here, right now to do it, which is why my answer is locked in at C, Matt Ryan. All right. And that is go that like that's really tough. Like I want to say Matt Ryan so bad, but for the point of Matt being a contrarian and the fact that I don't think anyone passed for more than five thousand yards. Like, is the league really going to have two five thousand yard passers? So if I do remember Matt Schaub having five thousand yards, and that's true, Th- didn't it happen this year? Matt Schaub is the correct answer. Never oh. passed. 5,000 yards. Either way, still right. Let's go. So your memory is wrong. So you took a shot in the dark and it hit. <laughs> That's Matt what Ryan happened. had 4,900 yards in his best season, but that year Drew Brees had 5,200 yards. So I'm a beast, James. Like, just understand. Like, was you that are... his MVP season, Matt? I Jake it's, always Matt Ryan's MVP season, he had 4,900 yards, and but Drew Brees had 5,200. So. Well, sometimes there's nothing to do, James. 4,700. Whatever, man. Hands up. You're contesting the shot. Sometimes it goes in. You know what? Both Matt Ryan and Matt Schaub from the Philly area. Very true. It's awesome. another good point. That's that's the last tie that I didn't find. But yeah, that's very true. He's right. been too good. Good job, man. He's been good. No, move on. Too. Shut up. Move on so I can, so I can make a comeback. Move on. Okay. Nine schools have made three or more Final Four appearances since 2005. Name four of them without getting a school wrong. Without getting a school. So we don't get any points if we get a school wrong? You can't get a school wrong. You get no points. Nine. I'm only asking you to name four. There's a lot of, like, really good college programs. Nine schools have made three or more since 2000. I'm just less than half of them, as I'm, I'm asking. Does the, does the 2000 – okay. 2005 season's where we're starting. So that counts? Yes. I have three. Like, so if I only give you three and just cut it off there, will I get three points if they're all right? First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, grow a pair and guess four. <laughs> I don't know four. <laughs> I'm trying to think of four. I don't know four. Come on. Uh, well, fourth and one from the three-yard line would kick a field goal. No, no. Balls to the wall here. Now I'm, I'm starting to sweat so because I think my three are pretty lockish, but the fourth one is going to be – Pretty much an entirely, like, guess, like, just shot in the dark. Um, I'm trying to go through who 
damned my brackets and, and who I maybe made money off of. You know what? I'll do it, and they're going to do me in. But I'm throwing – I'm locking in my fourth team. I'm ready. Hold on. You're – you – James, this is big. Like, you need this here. Do I get a point per team? You yeah. should – yeah, this should just be a point if you get it right and if oh, not. Of course, of course the person with the fragile 2-0 lead would say that. Protect the lead, James. I got to do what I have to do. Yo, right. what's my shot clock? I'll give you another – 15 seconds. Dang, Jewel was about to say five seconds. He was, he was. He's about to throw the gauntlet down. Thank you, Matt. She's about to say now. Matt, you're giving them some leeway. I like it. All right. I'm, my, four is, my four is locked in. You're All going right. first this time, though. I'll read it. I have them written down here. Go ahead. Matt, you can tell me. Okay, so we have. Just say, just say if he has them all. Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, Villanova. Don't say which ones are correct. Just say if he got it right. That is incorrect. All right. Let me see your list again, Jake, because it, it was, like, very similar. Uh-oh. Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, Villanova. Okay, no. Actually, it's not that similar. All right, here's my four. My four is Villanova, Michigan State, Kansas, and UNC. That is correct, James. Duke has not made, a final, has not made three Final Fours. Duke was wrong. Duke was my – I thought go. Villanova was going to be my one wrong one. Uh, the teams that have made it are UNC, Michigan State, Kentucky, Florida, Nova, Utah, Damn, I was gonna put Kansas, Louisville, and UCLA. I was going to do Florida, too. Nice. I didn't. Florida I was, considered UNC, too. Oh, that, that was, was a good, man. That was a big confidence booster right there. Big yeah, confidence. That, that you needed that. If that one, I mean, you would have been damn, damn I would have to go three for three just for a tie. I would have to go yeah, three for three. That was huge. Cut the lead in half. I'm, I'm rejuvenated, really. All right, now we go – see, okay, so those were, like, the lawful questions, like, thought process. Now we step into a lawless territory, <laughs> which would be Jules' questions. I have no idea what to expect. There is no rule. There is no rule for these questions. Um, so just picking up with the NCAA, that's going to be my first question. There are mm -hmm. only two states in the United States that have yet to send a team to the NCAA. What are they? Send okay. a team to the, to the tournament? Yeah. Only, Only two states, states in the entire U.S. who haven't sent teams have to. God. First of all, do I know all 50 states? Like, do <laughs> I? That's the first test. Oh, I know what it, they are. I have a guess. I told you, these, I don't think these are as hard as, like, as you think they are. So here's my thought process. And oh, how does, so, like, again, we have to hit two, two for two when we get one point? Two for yeah, two. you got to get both, both yeah. I'm also I'm going to share my thought process because I have I have mine locked in here. Locked the, in. Here's my thought process, Jake. Is there are 48 mainland states, right? All of which have probably sent a team to the final four. All right, team to the, no, tournament. I, the tournament. I've never heard, and I'm probably wrong when I think this. I've never heard of a team of I don't even know. I know one school in Hawaii, the University of Hawaii. I don't know any schools in Alaska. So. My thought process is, like, if there were two – Mario Chalmers from Alaska. Say again? Mario Chalmers is from Alaska. So That's fine. Know. He went to Kansas, though. But, like, you know, like, I have a school from Alaska. So, my two that I'm locking in is Alaska and Hawaii right here. Okay. Okay. I have Alaska and Montana. I had Alaska and Idaho. Boom. You're all wrong. It's Alaska and Maine. What? Maine. Maine? Yeah. I think yeah. there should be some judgment. If the, I mean, the NCAA tournament has been going on for 60 years, and we've got 60. I don't believe that Montana's put a team. Well, 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 who does Montana yeah. have? Probably University of Montana. Just to go to the tournament? Montana, they, 
Yeah, they probably gone. Ah, uh, the fearsome Montana State. I but forgot. Yeah. Seriously, if you're a mainland state and you haven't sent a team to the tournament in the 60 plus years and the 64 teams that go, there should be some judgment. You should have to answer some questions. Like, yeah, why? especially if you're why? part of the Northeast. Yeah, like why have you not been able to Technically. pull it together? Maine's kind of just up there. They do their own. They're thing. way up there, yeah. <laughs> They're right, closer, closer to Alaska. Right, I'm still right. down by one. I'm still down by one. No, none of you got that. We, so yeah, you're still down by two one zero. Two one zero. Two one zero. Matt has zero as well. Go ahead. All right. So what? Is, what is the only team in the NFL to neither host nor play in the Super Bowl? That's a good one. Great one. Matt, this is like a Matt. Like Matt, yeah, Matt knows. Think about Matt definitely, he doesn't even have to Matt think knows. about it. I hate, I hate Matt. Oh, I got it. I got it. I, I have. No, 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 I don't. I don't. Oh, I have. You say host, Jewel. You mean like their? You mean like their city never hosted a Super Bowl? Oh, I, I think I have it too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm locking in. Hold on, my dag. He probably wrong. If he locking in that early, he probably wrong. Honestly, probably. But like, if you had a Super Bowl here, you're lost. Like, I don't know what to tell you, NFL. I'm trying to think of all the teams to never play or host. That's a to me like the never play lonely, makes it easy. That's a lonely road. Even if your city, even if your team hasn't gone, the fact that your city hasn't your city's never it seen one is a lonely and dark road. Dang, how did you like? You really five o'clock, five, four. Oh, oh. <laughs> Jewel hit him. Like Jewel doesn't even let you know when you're at like ten seconds. It's I know. Just like, like hey. all right, I've I'm I'm I've answered. Now all right. Do you want right Do you want Matt to show us the correct answer and then we can yeah. reveal? Matt, go ahead. Cleveland. It's got to be Cleveland. Yeah, that's what I have. I've locked in Cleveland. What did you have, Jake? I have Detroit Lions or Detroit, I guess. Games that matter. A couple Super Bowls. Detroit, like here's they play okay. in a dome. They play in okay. a dome. They play at them, and they the Steelers Seahawks Super Bowls there. Go walk around Detroit. Do me a favor. <laughs> Go walk around Detroit. Walk around Cleveland. You get back walk to Walk around me. Cleveland. I'd rather go. No, I'd rather go to Cleveland, or I'd rather go to Detroit than to Cleveland. Here's the thing, right? What is Detroit's biggest like draw? At least Cars. Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland. Cars. I know LeBron has lived there for an extended amount of time. That's, <laughs> That's like better that's to me than I'm Detroit. Play an outdoor Super Bowl in Cleveland. <laughs> that's it. I'd yeah, rather point as well. Detroit has cars. I don't know if Cleveland has even an industry that has its calling card, but at least Detroit has pollution. Cars. That's their industry. All right, so it's two, two, one. This is big. This is big. Two, 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 two one. one. This is for the game, though. Or are we including? Yeah, this is for the game. This is for the game. This is for really? double Matt, or not. So Matt, Matt can come tied for second. Matt play. can come tied, and then I think Matt should decide what happens. All right. Okay, I feel like Matt's gonna get this one. Um, if what he does become <laughs> he gets them all. What country has competed the most times in the Summer Olympics without winning a gold medal? Joel, these are great questions. <laughs> what? First of all, did we, is we, it a country that like I can? Spell? I was gonna say we got to narrow it down a little bit. Two hundred fifty countries out there. <laughs> you all know what the country is. It's not like a tricky country. It's not a crazy country. No. To never win a gold medal. And, the, and it's competed the most times in the Summer Olympics. Okay. okay. Oh, in the Summer Olympics. All right, I'm locking in one. This is – it's kind of a shot in the dark, but it kind of fits, like, this the persona of that country. Joel, you have the devilish <laughs> Matt smile right now. Like, I know I got him. Matt doesn't even know. Yeah, I just uh, – Right, that's – But I don't know. That's a barometer. If Matt is stumped, we should do, like, a stump Matt. That's what we'll do. We'll do stump Matt. Stump the cool. stat. Stump the stat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I have locked in. Matt, you got locked in? Yeah, I'll go Sweden. Sweden, that's actually a decent answer. Um, 
I'm going to go India. I don't know if they've competed in enough times, but they've – I feel like – Is cricket in the Summer Olympics? No. I was about to say you'd be wrong right then and there. I'm going to go Canada. The Philippines. So, Jake, you're the closest. Yeah, he is the closest. Uh, the tiebreaker is going to be LeBron ranks a certain number on the all-time win shares for 48 average. Whoever gets closest to the ranking wins. I mean, I thought you were going to do like a, you know, rock, paper, scissors type thing. But this thing got us going in the depths. This is essentially rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Just guess. Where am I? Win shares for 48. Guess where does he rank all time? Win shares per 48? Oh, per, yeah, per, so it's not total win shares. Um, you know what? I've got my answer locked in. I've also got my answer locked in. And if I'm wrong, fuck it. I'm going down wrong. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. Boom. Number one. I was going to go three. If you're right, I'm really going to be mad. Because I'm gonna three. Go it's six. It's six? You have to you do win. something that one of us is going to get the right answer. Like, no. you shot the door. Yeah, I knew one of you was, I, I was going to guess one, probably. I was going to guess number three, so that would have been hilarious if we I was thinking Mike Curry. Jordan, one. David Robinson, two. It's going to be all the centers. Wilt, three. Chris mm. Paul, four. Hey, Neil Johnston five. Uh, okay, wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Neil Johnston's got to get up out of there. Like LeBron. I don't even know who Neil Johnston is. I don't know who that is. This is the second time we've had this conversation. And I still don't know who he is. I still Philadelphia basketball legend. He played for the Warriors. He won a title back when the NBA was trash. So he, he was garbage man for Wilt Chamberlain, pretty much. That's what you're telling me. He is he like led the league in points per game with like 22 one year. Oh my god! I oh caught a clip god. of them shooting free throws back in like the 50s and 60s. I think I would definitely be able to get solid bench minutes in like a 1960s NBA game. Oh yeah, yeah. You in my like athletic prime, I'm pretty sure I'd be able to get consistent minutes for an NBA. Mm-hmm. Game. No doubt in my mind. So so did I win because I got closest? Yes. Yeah, so you've you've abdicated the bet. You've now you've now just stamped out what was going to be a great shellacking at a Philadelphia bar. Even though I really didn't want to be with you when you were wearing. But I the think Dallas that would have had to be the caveat. Is you you could you would have worn an Eagles jersey though, so you would have been like, yeah, but it's like guilty by association. I would have definitely made you. This guy defending a Cowboys fan for it. yeah, that's what it'd be. Yeah, yeah, I, I am. You're right. I mean. Totally guilty, lumped in. I'm essentially a Cowboys fan if I'm seen with you. So I'm actually glad that uh, we were able to. We will do another trivia. I will put, I'm letting you know now, my terms if I win the next trivia will be, obviously I'm going to purchase a Tom Brady Buccaneers jersey. You will have to wear it and you will have to assert your Tom Brady um, fandom in some public venue. So I wouldn't like doing that, but like. It won't kill you. I don't like. I can like. I can admit, in my opinion, Tom Brady is the best quarterback. Definitely the best quarterback I've ever seen play. Me. Well, it will have like a Go Bucks in there somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Do you have a? Do you guys have a song? Maybe I'll make you sing the Eagles song. Do you guys have a song? The Buccaneers. I'm not ever. I'm not ever gonna agree to that. I'm not ever gonna do that. I'm never gonna. I'm not. I'm. Sorry. All right. All right. We'll figure it out when the time comes. No, but good it. job by James taking that one home. Good job um, on that, Joel. Those were like tremendous. As well, yeah. Those were really good questions. Those were tremendous questions. I'm actually surprised we got any of them. So, very yeah. good. All right, guys. Let's move it on to our new segment called Start, Bench, Cut. Pretty sure. self-explanatory. Tell me who you're going to start, bench, or cut between 
these professional players or pop culture things that we're talking about. The first category is uh, point guards. Who's the better point guard out of these three? Steve Nash, Allen Iverson, Chris Paul. Oh, oh, like we were talking about this a little bit with Max Gordon. This is really tough. This is really tough. Because we have three first ballot, I mean, Hall of Fame point guards. These are like three of the top ten point guards of all time. Like it's it's like Easy. really hard. Depending if you if you uh, consider Allen Iverson a point guard or a shooting guard, I consider him more. Matt's now trying to. I can see it in his eyes. I can eyes. see it. Yeah, he's just trying to pull a name. Like, yeah, actually, I like uh, Tom Chambers as my top ten <laughs> point guard. He probably wasn't even a point guard, but regardless, no, some something like that. He he. I lo- personally I like Craig Elo, but you know what? It was. <laughs> but, so um, we we had this conversation with Max, right? Yeah. And to, I'll, to I'll, answer the question, here's here's where I go. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna go. It's tough. I'm gonna start Chris Paul. I'm gonna bench Allen Iverson, and I'm gonna cut Steve Nash. Right. Which figures? I mean, honestly, I'm a little surprised you started. Well, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think for point guard, for the prototypical point guard, I mean, it's why Chris Paul's my my favorite player. Is to me, he's the best prototypical point guard, one of the best in NBA history. I think his game and Steve Nash's game are similar enough to where it wouldn't make sense to keep both of them and cut Iverson. But if you keep one or the other, you'll get that playmaking style of point guard, and then Allen Iverson is the scoring point guard. I'd rather that. Huh? I am all ranked between 35 and 45 on my all-time ranking. So this is, like, close for you. Yeah, yeah this is close. Iverson, I have is better than Chris Paul, but if I'm, like, making a team, I think Chris Paul is easier to build around as a starter, and then Iverson, you bench, and he's, like, a great scoring third off the bench. Absolutely. And I cut Nash. That way for Iverson, when he comes off the bench, you he's got one thing to do. Like, there's no one pressuring him to pass or – to play defense or to rebound or do anything else. Like, if I'm coming off the bench as a backup point guard, I'm coming off the bench with one role, and that's to put the ball in the hoop. And right. I think that's Allen Iverson's dream if he were to check into a court and his coach said, I just need you to score. That's, that's literally he, his dream job. If he would have been able to hold up over time, like, he would have been awesome in that Lou Williams-type bench, pure scorer role where you're just – your main job is to come in and get buckets. Yeah. But uh, we had this discussion, and I kind of leaned – so I'm, I'll say I want to start Chris Paul – because I think that he is um, the best of both worlds when you look at these two point guards. He can take over, he can assist, and he's also phenomenal on the defensive end. So for that reason, I think he's the most complete player. I'm going to start him. And as we had that conversation about Nash versus Iverson, and I ended up coming up with Nash is who I'd rather have, so I'd bench Nash in this situation. Um, I just think that a low-maintenance superstar, someone who doesn't need the ball in their hands and furthermore can make other players better, is a player that I'd opt for more times and I think is harder to find over a guy like Iverson, who was amazing in his own right. Um, And again, razor-thin margins between all these guys. But for me, a go-to scorer is something that is less valuable and easier to find than a facilitator and someone to run your offense. So for that reason, that's what I go. And I don't blame you because especially at the point guard position, if I want a pure scorer, it's easier to find that in the wing and even a big sometimes than in a point guard. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I think I do covet the, the playmaking of a point guard more than the scoring, but I just in my heart of hearts can't cut Iverson. Like, yeah. Completely biased. Understandable. Completely biased for me. All right, guys. Next topic, viral Drake dances. Okay. Uh, number one, hotline bling. Number two, in my feelings, and three, James. I seen you up there on Instagram this weekend. Call I me, 
it. The name of the new song. What's it? Toosie? Toosie Slide. Toosie Slide. Yeah. Uh, Start Bench Cut. I know know y'all saw me get into it one time. Yeah, it was pretty nice. uh, Right foot slide one time. You see me and my sister. Um, So I guess I'll go first. First of all, I don't even know if I know how to do – I could do a little bit of the hotline bling dance, but I definitely can't do it the whole – I mean, Drake went absolutely just dumb, stupid, crazy in that music video. Like, I'm not even sure I can do it. Some of them are so ridiculous. He's like <laughs> – Yeah, that one, the one where he's, like, going back and forth, I love it. So, if I had to – that's tough, man. That's that's really tough. So, if I I'm had to – I have some other ones in here. Huh? I feel like there should have been other ones in here. Like what? Like what? Like one dance should have been in here. One dance is a good one. So, one he – but the reason I like have a dance two, to it. That's what I'm saying. Like all these have like a specific viral well, dance challenge. Video, like I don't know. It depends, I guess. I think yeah, I like the song good. "One Dance" maybe better than the most. Probably the most out of all of these. Probably the most out of all of them. All right, here's where I'm going. I'm starting in my feelings. Just it's, and I think Tusi Slide has the ability to be bigger than it. But as we stand right now. In My Feelings is the most viral dance I've maybe I've, I've ever seen. Like, I, there wasn't a person on the globe who wasn't doing that dance and, and trying to post it. Um, yeah. I'm going to bench 2C Slide. I think, it's, I think it's the next best one. It just hasn't been able to have, like, the, you know, the magnitude that In My Feelings have had. Also, like the song In My Feelings better than I like 2C Slide. 2C Slide is real smooth, but In My Feelings is just a certified banger. Like, I'll actually play that song because I like that song and then I'm gonna have to cut Hotline Bling like Hotline Bling was great in its own right but like it's just not it's I not actually out of all Drake's songs and I like majority of Drake's songs I went to his concert the whole nine Hotline Bling is my least favorite song he's ever done really I don't I don't like Hotline Bling at all I don't think Hotline it's Bling, the dance I have to uh, I start in my feelings I bench Hotline Bling over Tusi Slide because during the 2016 Cavs run. I remember a lot of really funny LeBron hotline bling memes. Ah, true. A lot of joy. There were a lot. Of so um, no one. That's a great reason, Matt. That's a great reason to keep it over 2C slide. So I, like, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but I'm gonna start 2Z slide. Um, uh, someone needed to. Someone needed to. Yeah. So like, it's very early on, and I, I don't think we've really seen the full scale that this thing is going to go to. Here's the thing, like James, you and I have talked about this. Drake is really, like, I don't know how much of a musical genius he is. He, he is to an extent, but where his genius lies is, like, the targeted marketing and the way he manipulates, like... Better than any music. other musician ever. Better he put this music. out. For, it's super easy and catchy to sing along to. It's super easy and catchy to, to learn the dance. Like, all these other dances on TikTok, I'm like... Where? It's simple. It's super simple, and it is targeted. He knows he's going to get a few influencers to do this dance... Um, and it's going to go viral, and it sounds good. It's a smooth song, um, and for that reason, I'm going to put it number one. And maybe it's a little bit prisoner of the moment, but and how funny it is that we're all stuck in quarantine with nothing but social media to use. Exactly. He showed everybody what his kid looks like. Like it's all lined up. The stars <laughs> yeah. are aligning. So <laughs> he put this song out, let the song grow, and then kind of just snuck in a picture of his right. child right under it. Right. So I'm not even talking about this. It's just here, and I think. For that reason, that's why I put it number one. The quality of the, of the song is something that plays in, and that's why I'm going to put Hotline Bling, actually, number Ooh. two. Um, I think I Hotline Bling, in terms of, like, an actual song, I think Hotline Bling was 
less like intended to go big in terms of at least the dance. Uh, in my feelings, I'm going to cut because it wasn't Drake's doing that that song went big. Um, who was the Shiggy? It was Shiggy, Shiggy the one yeah. who really made that explode. And, and the song kind of sounded like one of the filler songs that I've grown to hate. Um, it, was, it was a good, catchy song, but I don't think it's it anything... It had its time. It did have its time, and it's, and it's done now. Yeah. Right, it's done. I think Hotline Bling holds up over time, and like I said, Tuesday Slide, just for the genius that it is from Drake, I'm going to start. But that's my Tuesday Slide, Hotline Bling, uh, and we are cutting in my feelings. Love it. All right. All right, last category. No, no, this is the last category. Second to last category. Best young player. Luka Doncic, number one, Trey Young, and Zion Williamson. Another another tough one. Um, this is super tough. These guys are all drafted in the past two years, too. This is this is crazy. Um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start Luka. Um, he's – I think he's going to be the next – biggest superstar in the NBA. Like, in, in terms of the young generation, I think he's the captain of it. Um, I mean, he's 6'7 he's with every package in the, in the book. You know, able to score, able to assist, able to rebound, and clearly makes his team better. Um, you know, I value basketball players that can do it all. And he, he brings everything to the table at a good frame, too. Like, not a small frame, not um, fragile. I'm going to bench Zion. Um, I'm going to bench Zion. One, we still, Zion Williamson is out dropping 27 to 30 points, and he's still, one, not even playing full games. Two, hasn't even put, like, his full game together yet. And he's still eclipsing people at this crazy rate. I mean, he's, he has pretty much every superstar he plays for the first time has them in awe. LeBron has said something about him. Carmelo, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant said something from the bench. Like, it's, you know, over and over, these people that are just enamorated of what a 6'9", 285 player can do. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. So, for his ceiling, I'm going to bet Zion. And then I'm going to cut Trey Young. It's completely just due to process of elimination. Like, I, I really like Trey Young. Trey Young is, I do think, someone who's going to really succeed, especially in this style of NBA. He's like a, a Steph Curry prototype. He's a small, yeah. a small guard, can shoot unlimited range, can really – like the ability to create a shot beyond the three point line is what Trey Young can do. He's not crazy, like good at driving, but neither was Steph Curry when he came to the league. Like Trey Young is a still a crazy upside, but I think really the knock on him is just his physique alone. I'm yeah. looking at a six seven guy and a six eight guy who can take who are durable and can, and can take hits night in and night out. And if I gotta choose one to cut. I got to choose Trey Young. Also, I'm looking at Luka has his, you know, is in the MVP race, has his team in the playoffs. Zion has his team, you know, back from the dead, chasing a number eight seed. And Trey Young's team is going to be picking third next year in, in the NBA. <laughs> I'm, that, rolling, yeah. I'm rolling the dice on Zion as my start. Ooh. He is that electrifying and good. And if I'm an owner, he sells tickets better than Luka does. Um, I love Luka. It's tough. But he's incredible. But Zion, I just love everything Zion's doing. I do too. I and do too. It's the num. It's unprecedented the numbers he's put up as a rookie in the mm -hmm. like what twenty fifteen games, fifteen to twenty games he played, and 20, like twenty to twenty five minutes a game too. Like he barely yeah. playing. <laughs> and he's dragging them to the playoffs before <laughs> that happened. 
Right. And uh, Trey Young's just not good. En- I love Trey Young. He's not good enough on defense. He's I just mean, he, awful, awful, style. awful on defense. Style. I think he – I forget what metric it was. He's, he's like, rated the worst defensive player in the league um, by in, some uh, – Carmelo, the 538 ranking. I mean, the thing oh, is – Anytime your name is with Carmelo on defense, you, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Uh, but, but so, I agree. Trey Young, I'll start from the back. Trey Young's going to be my cut, and I, I think it's easy – and it's unfortunate because really the thing is he like I view him as almost like par with Steph Curry as if Steph Curry were to come back because I don't think Steph's that great on defense. He has been tremendously helped out by Klay Thompson, always taking the the hardest cover and dominating that guy usually on defense. And then you have Draymond Green as well as someone who who can really be a super switchable I guy mean, to keep Steph out of touch. At, at one point they had three players who could guard all five between Clay, Draymond, and KD. Like like. If you wanted Such to hide way. Steph, it was easy. You can, you can hide Steph, and I think eventually you'll be able to hide Trey. But for right now, he has to be the cut. I'm going to agree with Matt, though. I'm going to start Zion. And on the surface, just based off this year, I think you'd probably pick Luka just because of his resume. Zion didn't play that many games. But when you look at just the pure impact, everything Zion does, the little hop step, like power dunk, the ways he impacts the game, if I were to choose to have to, if I can only pick one of them, Luca right now is the better player, but Zion has the chance to change the game the way that Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem changed the game when they came in, the way Michael changed the game, the way that Steph Curry by shooting the three ball changed the game. Once again, I think Zion, maybe it's a little grandiose, and I remember you're looking at me like, weren't you the, weren't you the person who's saying that he's not going to physically dominate year one? That was my only hangup, and he physically dominated when he was in the game. Yeah. So, I, like, he's only going to get better, and from the jump, like, super rusty, super uninitiated, he was dominant, which means I have to bench Luka, unfortunately. Luka doesn't really deserve this against a lot of other people, against most other players, young players, he'd be a starter. But I, I don't know. I think that he has a better coach. He has a better team uh, around him. So, for that reason, I have to go Zion. But if, if I had to make my pick, I'd be torn between – both your answers, but I think I'd side more with James. But I don't know. It's a tough one. I agree. Trey Young has to go. I think between but. I think Trey Young is the easy one to cut, but between Plus the cringy TikToks from Trey too. Get him out of here. Yeah, Trey Trey also is quickly becoming one of the corniest players in the NBA to me. Like taking <laughs> I saw that picture he had on social media with his shirt off and the mask on and like it's like he's in middle school like dude you know you're like, like Trey come on you're making millions and millions of dollars you don't need this man you don't need to do this anymore like it's, it's yeah that's, you're past that well that's why he's in that category as a young player uh <laughs> all right last but not least the category of bad owners Dan Snyder James Dolan and Billy King uh, for me, this isn't that difficult. For me, th- these guys are all bad. And, and just for anyone so, who might not. So for clarification, Jake, before you make your pick, are we saying start bench cut as in the worst owner? So if I'm starting an owner, does that mean I think he's the worst? Or am I cutting who I think is the worst? You're cutting who you think is the worst. Okay. If you had, you have to pick one of these guys. I have to keep, I have to keep them. Got, got yep. you. I'm not ranking yep. them. This is who I'm keeping. Got mm-hmm. you. Right. So I'm going to say it's so difficult because – James Dolan, I think, is maliciously bad. Like, he is noticeably bad. He does stuff to make it overtly obvious that he is bad. So you would want to cut him, right? But when you look at his teams, I mean, the Knicks have put together one run in the last 10-ish years, but the Rangers have been all right. He owns the Rangers. They've been decent. Uh, Dan Snyder, not only is he clueless, but – 
I mean, he's been entangled in this whole Redskins name, you know, Washington football team, whatever you want to call him. Uh, there's that maliciously bad angle to him. But I think the starter, although he's made some bonehead moves, I don't think they've been malicious, is Billy who, if you remember, made the god-awful trade, his probably most recent and last trade, with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, sending away their draft stash for an old Kevin Garnett and old Paul Pierce and, and Jason Terry. Jason Terry and Humphreys as well, or Humphreys? Humphreys is already there. So I think, right, I think, yeah, maybe he sent away Humphreys in the deal, but mm-hmm. what a boneheaded move that was. But I just don't think, like, here's the thing. Like, I just want someone who's not going to create outward problems. You could be mm-hmm. bad. I could put people in place to help you do your job. I can't help you being a fucking dumbass, which the other two guys own pretty well. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go start Billy King, bench Dolan, which hurts, and then cut Dan Snyder just because I think Dan Snyder is, is more maliciously bad and his team has been terrible. Right. So. I actually completely agree with your list. Start Billy King, bench James Dolan, cut Dan Snyder. Um, starting with Billy King, for, I mean, for the last bad move he had, yes, it was really bad. And I, I still think the Nets are trying to climb out under that dark cloud that he kind of put them in. I mean, they're still – they were still, even with that bad move, they were like a 5-6 seed in the playoffs like, last year. They got arguably one. We were talking about them last episode with Max Gordon about possibly having one of the most talented rosters on paper. So, yeah. like, they were able to clearly overcome it. Yeah, so it hasn't been anything that, have, that has set them back too, too far. And Billy King had successful years with the Sixers, too. Like, it's not, you know, it, you know give, or, give or take. But when you go to the other owners, it's like my, my start bench cut goes in, like, degrees of, you know, terrible decisions. I think it's with of intent too, right? Because like, yeah, yeah. The, like he like generally wanted it to go well. The other guys are just like, like you said, you can't. Ego. Help it. Yeah, they're I'm malicious. I mean, you look at what James Dolan. I mean, has done and is doing with the Knicks. I mean, you know, banning Charles Oakley, getting into public disputes with Spike Lee. Although I don't think Spike handled that, you know, completely the way he should have, but. The, the disputes with your with your public stars, the people who are pretty much brand ambassadors for the New York Knicks. Like, instead of trying to keep them in your corner, you're just doing whatever you can to just make your club even more and more exclusive. Um, and, I, and I think it's terrible. And you even have players like Carmelo Anthony who, like, tried to take the brunt of the blame for you, and you still couldn't do anything with it. So, you know, Billy King's mistakes, you know, strictly remain pretty much on the court. James Dolan starts – you know, his, his mistakes go off the court. And then with Dan Snyder, it just goes even worse. Like, I can't have Dan Snyder anywhere near my organization. James Dolan might make terrible moves. At Mets least they're enough. legal. And at least- no Dan Snyder is by far the worst, and James Ooh. Dolan is horrible. Dan horrible. Snyder meddles in every little thing. And the craziest thing is he actually hires good coaches, but he undermines them in every step of the way. He hired Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer never had a winning record as a residence coach, had a winning record at every other team he went to. He got Joe Gibbs back from retirement. Joe Gibbs was well, way worse than he was when he was there previously. He had Mike Shanahan, who won two Super Bowls there. He's just been an abject disaster at every single level. And before he was the owner, they were like a really great franchise. And he Turn them into a laughing stock. Everyone who thinks like the Knicks have been this great franchise when they haven't won a title since like '93. Like they were good in the '90s, but didn't win anything. Redskins won three titles from '82 to '91 without having a franchise quarterback. They were an incredibly run team, 
and he and he's turned them into abject embarrassment. Dolinger's number two because he's a public embarrassment, and I don't want that on my team. Uh, so he's the bench, and then Billy King is a disaster, but he's not an embarrassment. Right, he's just not. Billy King starts because he's not as bad as as the other two. Also, with Dan Snyder, like you got to talk about like human rights and ethics and stuff. I mean, he has the whole you know human situation. Yeah, with the island and everything. Awful. So, so I need that nowhere near my organization. Like, screw up at your job on the court and within legal ramifications. That's one thing. But now we're talking about human rights and, and stuff that you're you're playing with and prostitution and stuff like that. That I gotta draw. That's an easy cut for me. Human trafficking, not prostitution. Yeah, like it, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's worse. And to go along, your team's not even good. So it's you know what I mean. Like, there's no there's no silver lining. No silver whatever lining. Dan Snyder is doing, like there's no there's no excuse. So it's. Easy for me. Start Billy King, uh, bench James Dolan, and Dan Snyder should have gotten out of here a long time. He had Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and decided that Jay Gruden was going to be a better coach for them. Let's wrap up this uh, segment and move it on to the countdown. Number five. Number five is the number of championship rings. uh, The 2020 Hall of Fame class inductees, Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan have. Obviously, uh, we still remember and, and miss Kobe being Bryant, um, and then Tim Duncan also, you know, follows him to the uh, the 2020 class of the Hall of Fame this year uh, for basketball. But, I mean, obviously they're not the only two. I want to make sure we give all the inductees shine. So besides Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan, we have Kevin Garnett, 15-time All-Star, 2008 uh, NBA champion, a one-time uh, NBA MVP. We have Eddie Sutton, a four-time coach of the year eight-time conference coach of the year and the first coach in NCAA history to lead four different schools to the NCAA tournament. Uh, we have Rudy Tom Jonovich, which I'm not – Matt, do you know if I'm pronouncing that right? That's Tom correct. Jonovich. He famously almost died when he played basketball. He got punched in the face, like, really badly. Wow. Like, I mean, that's not on his player, his player bio, but that's very <laughs> – very and he still made it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, very interesting. He's as a coach. He's 34 won. straight seasons with the Rockets as a player, assistant coach, and then head coach. So I think that pedigree alone is enough to put you in the Hall of Fame. You stayed with one organization for 34 years. Like, that's, that's crazy. He led them to the championship in 94 and 95 as the coach. But then on the women's side, we have Tamika Catchings, 10-time WNBA All-Star, four-time gold medalist, gold medalist. She won the MVP in 2011 and then won the championship in 2012. Uh, Kim Mulkey. Um, she led the Bears to three NCAA championships. She's third on the all-time head coaches and win percentage uh, for women's college basketball. She was also named National College Coach of the Year and Naismith Coach of the Year in 2012. And then um, headlining uh, all of the Hall of Fame inductees, Barbara Stevens um, coached in college for over 40 years. Um, she's the fifth coach in women's college basketball history with 1,000 wins. Um, she's also named Division II National Coach of the Year five times and Northeast 10 Coach of the Year 15 times. So it was just about time that Barbara Stevens got her just due. But uh, sorry to make number five really long, but I just want to make sure we give all shine to everyone being inducted into the Hall of Fame class for 2020. And, and I just want to say this is like kind of staggering for me because now we're entering into like players who I grew up watching are now yeah. being inducted. And it won't be long until there's a player – who I distinctly remember being drafted, watching his entire career, and them getting inducted. So, nice to get old. It's nice to get old. It's not nice. Number four. The number of college basketball programs to have 14 or more lottery picks since 1996. UNC with 14. Kansas 
with 16, Kentucky with 23, as well as Duke also with 23. Um, the UNC number, them being top four, actually surprises me a little bit. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I know that we have touched on this in the past, but they don't have a ton of stars that have been churned out. So a lot of those players haven't turned out that have gotten taken. In the top five, I think that number would drastically fall. Yeah. Because like, I think a lot of their lottery picks are between like 10 and 14. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's kind of why they fall under there. But I like know. Kobe White. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe like White. Nine, but yeah, a lot of people like that. Number three. Number three. Number of players to win first team all pro with three different teams uh, in the NFL. That's Ted Hendricks with Baltimore, Green Bay, and Oakland. Deion Primetime Sanders with Atlanta, San Francisco, and Dallas. And T.O. with San Francisco, Philly, and Dallas. I mean, three crazy playmakers. Um, just, I mean, to be all pro with, with three different teams, that's like three different times in your career. You're the top three at your position. That's crazy. I didn't, that's odd to me that T.O. made it in 04 despite missing some time. How about – didn't he miss, like, significant time, or was his injury only through the playoffs? His injury happened when they were 12-1, and one, so late in the season. Right. Pretty much locked it up, and then, you know, his Super Bowl performance. I, I know they probably announced him before the Super Bowl, but his Super Bowl performance might have locked him in there to one of the three all-pro teams. Right. Number two. A number of finalists Oregon basketball had this year for the Naismith Award. Sabrina Ionescu, who we've talked about in the past for the women's, and Peyton Pritchard for the men's. And, James, uh, I was saying to you before the show that Peyton Pritchard, I think, has a chance to be another Oregon two-guard that goes to the league and is a little punchy, uh, can give you production, maybe even off the bench or, or maybe mm-hmm. spot as a starter. Dylan Brooks, a good example of that type player. Yeah, so. and I, I mean – the Pac-12 is always so hard to judge because being on the East Coast, you know, their games come on at 10.30, and I'm, I'm not trying to start, you know, watching a game that starts at 10.30. Um, but I have gained a lot of respect for Peyton Pritchard, you know, as we've gone through the college basketball season. I mean, landing on, on a finalist for Naismith, you know, I mean, that tells you off the bat you're one of the best players in college basketball, so you deserve some respect for that. But I never really thought his game was going to translate to the NBA until late. And then I've seen just the intangibles that he's had I mean, he's got a great basketball IQ, and that if you if that's your foundation, I mean, you can build so many other skills on top of that. Yeah. Bring it down to number one. Number one, the only person, uh, men's or women's, to win Naismith Player of the Year and Naismith Coach of the Year. That's Don Staley, uh, the coach right now of the University of South Carolina, um, you know, for women's college basketball. One as a player, uh, Naismith Player of the Year, and now. Uh, has won the 2020 Naismith Coach of the Year for women's college basketball. I believe South Carolina was number one when the polls stopped or when the season stopped. So um, they were the most successful team in college basketball when it stopped. But that's a crazy accomplishment. I mean, that's the second time this year that someone from the women's side of college basketball has done something that no one else in the history of D1 college basketball has done. So I think that's just a praise to how much the women's game is evolving, that you know people should continue – to, to support it and continue to tune in and also big ups to Don Staley for, you know, what looking was heading towards another national championship run for, you know, for Gamecocks. Yeah, I totally agree. It's an incredibly impressive uh, accomplishment, as you said. But before we get into at the buzzer, uh, I want to intro. We're going to be running on social media a bracket. We're incredibly bored. We're looking for content. And uh, with the NFL coming up, Upon us here, the draft just under a month away, 
Uh, we tasked our man Stat Matt with creating a how many how many thirty two teams Matt is it thirty two thirty two of the best NFL champions uh, in the entire history. We're going to pit them against yeah, each yeah. other. It's just the last. Just the last. He just ranked the last thirty two. Excuse me. So it's the last thirty two NFL champions pitted against each other. Um, and so obviously one through eight seeds, and you can find that on social media. We'll be releasing. Uh, round by round the matchups and you can vote on them and we'll announce the winner and kind of discuss how it all went down and what we think about it on next week's show. So make sure you're looking out for that on social media. Make sure you go and vote on that. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's good. Thank you to Stat Matt for taking the time to, to curate that. Uh, so I know it's something in love, so it probably didn't even take them that long. But, you know, 32 teams, I, I don't know. Off the top of my head, if I got to think of the best, I don't know. That's that's. I know tough. which one I'm picking. Think, so. Don't sleep on the '91 Redskins. They I'm, were. I'm, I'm going to tell, right tell, tell you right now, Matt. The, the alarm is not set on the mm-hmm. on the '91 Redskins. I'm probably He's going snoozing. to. I'm probably going to snooze through them. Um, but I mean, off the top of my head, I'm thinking like the '01 Ravens. Uh, Ravens. Huh. I have the 2000 Ravens as a six seed. Wow. Oh, that's a little disrespectful. I'm not gonna lie. They have to play offense too. They're all-time great defense, but they have to play offense too. That's true. That's true. We're looking for good teams here. But check that out on social media. It'll be um, you know rolling through in the next week or so. But we're almost out of time for this episode. But always we can get some shots about the buzzer. I will go to Stat Matt first. What you got to say at the buzzer? So Lamar Jackson quote tweeted a tweet asking if Vic was a Michael Vick was a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he said, how is this even a question? For me, I have that same response, just in a completely different, same worded response, but a completely different way. He's not close to first ballot, let alone Hall of Fame. Ooh. Iconic. I love Michael Vick's redemption. He was one of the more electrifying players we ever saw. But his passer rating was like 80 for his career, made only like two or three Pro Bowls, was never all pro. And was never like a dominant and made one one playoff game in his entire career. He's not close to the Hall of Fame. You have to put like Dante Culpepper in before you put him in. Oh, yes, Matt. Oh, right. that, and we're right, bring it back, right Matt. That last one was unnecessary. And we're going to stop it right there. Come on, man. Come on, man. We're not going to put him in Dante Culpepper land. That's not what we're going to do here. But I do think, I mean, it's a, it's a conversation we have a lot with a lot of players. I think people get career and legacy mixed up sometimes it's the same reason why i don't like when people put kobe bryant in the top five all respect to mamba i love him and i miss him but don't get legacy and career attributes and career stats mixed up and i man i have to tend to agree with you that when when we look back what five to ten years from now when it's time for michael vick to go first ballot people are going to look back at his stats and his numbers and be like "Eh, maybe not the first one second third we got the conversation but the first one i'm not sure jake you got anything to say at the buzzer um so I've been doing some reflecting about the country while in quarantine. Noble of um, you. So as you guys know, maybe you don't, James knows, I've been doing yard work and, you know, digging up, know. digging up stuff. Right. Yeah. You guys know, right. I told you digging up a whole bunch of stuff. I'm hammering stuff into the ground. I'm like getting all dirty in the mud, whatever. Like I'm doing this for two to three hours per day. It's hard work, but it's only two to three hours per day for like three days. We're about done. We got to put the dirt in. There's still a little bit of work to do. I don't agree. Like I can understand. I'm, you know, probably more on the liberal side of things. The people from the South, I'm always like, oh, like 
how do you have certain viewpoints? And then I did a full day's work, not even a full day's work. I did like a couple hours of work. Three hours of like what like a light day on like a farm would be. And I'm like, I'm never doing this again. This just can't be, <laughs> this can't be what people do 24 seven. Like if I did that 24 seven, I would have a different perspective on life. I would. So like, it just kind of made me appreciate, like that's, if that's all you know, like you're going to have a really different, uh, you're going to have a lot different values than someone who was brought up in the Northeast and in a less rural place. Um, but yeah, I, I dispose of like 200 pounds of dirt. I'm like wrestling with garbage bags of dirt and like throwing them in uh, the dumps dumpster, ironically. The dumps can, I mean, if you're able Our to, I would love to see some footage of a Jake Galley yard work day. Uh, it looks get- like an offensive line drill, like an all like just trying to handle like a bull rush, like just like trying to get it into the trash can. Yeah, just, just like move it. Movement. Your objective is just to move it at that point. Yeah. I mean, my word so, goes. That's me. Julie, you got anything to say at the buzzer? You know, up until about 30 seconds ago, I was going to touch on what I said going into the episode. I was recommending for everybody to watch Ozark because it is a really great show, and I hope everybody does get the chance to do that at some point. But I just got an ABC News update. Um, it says a coronavirus latest. A, a tiger at New York City's Bronx Zoo has tested positive for the coronavirus, which is actually insanely scary because it was not affecting animals up until right now. Yeah. So that's it test when there's people waiting for <laughs> <laughs> Celebrities, Matt. Celebrities get these he's celebrities. Things, right? he's in, you said he's in the Bronx Zoo, Jewel? Yeah, it says yeah. the tiger. So he's, in, so he's in maybe the most popular zoo in the country. So, yeah, he's a celebrity, man. I thought you were going to say he escaped, which would be awesome. I thought it was just it. The fact that an animal has it is my point. And right. the fact that we're all watching the tiger thing, too, probably. Oh, no, it's a good <laughs> like, tie-in. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, that's, that's scary. I mean, I, I think and it gives people peace that they're still living things that can't be touched by this thing. And as that goes away, people are just going to get more and more, you know, worried as they should be because – there seems to be like no limits to this thing. And I think people just want to want to see where it stops. And right now we're kind of not seeing where it stops. And that's so scary, but staying with the tiger theme, you talk about good shows, man. And Jake knows this. I am not one to jump on a a trend or a wave. If everybody is doing something, I'm most of the time going to turn away from it just because everyone's going towards it. And Quarantine has made me completely abandon that. I mean, I made the Tusi slide video, and I'm going to say I'm going off the Tusi slide stuff. Like I know, I know, I know. I, know. I, know. I got, no, I got nothing else to do, Jewel. I'm, I'm in my house all day. I got, I gotta hop on some trends. I'm gonna go bored all day. And again, I am so knee deep into Tiger King. It's ridiculous. Like it was something that I put on because a bunch of my friends were telling me to watch it, and I was like, whatever. I'll shut them up and, and watch an episode. And before I knew it, like two hours had gone by. And I'm sitting here wondering if Carol Baskins killed her husband or not. Like it's, it's, I'm I'm so me. I'm so convinced that she did. Um, But yeah, if anyone out there has not watched either Ozark or Tiger King, those are two really great ways to pass the time in quarantine. And like Tiger King is crazier to me because it's all true. Like I didn't even know this kind of stuff existed with these exotic zoo parts. Did you see it open case? They still have an open case. They reopened case. To like try to see if she killed him. Like yeah. this is like this is real time stuff. This stuff is happening right now with Tiger yeah. King. It's wild. Everyone, I don't want to spill you know spoil any more of it. So everyone go and watch it. But again, that's the that's all the time we have for this episode. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Matt. I forgot to say I had a quote I wanted to say for my okay. quote that I think we should live our lives by. 
Go ahead. You can't win a game seven without losing three times first. Basically. Matt, you picked up on my quote thing. I totally forgot that I had to, I've been on it a little bit. I forgot I've about it. That's a great outlook at life. It's a good I, one, Matt. It's a yeah. good one, Matt. Thank you. And a great, really? another another pad to our LeBron is better than Jorgen argument. So. Exactly. You have to be average to get to game seven. That's what it means. You yeah. gotta lose sometimes and then and then Most dominate average. when you get to game seven. Obviously. Gotta love it. But that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. Hope we can provide some entertainment um, in these quarantine times with this trivia. But big ups again to Stat Matt and Jewel. Thank you again for the trivia questions. But uh, for my partner, Jake Galley, for my partner, Jewel Schmitz, I forgot to let her say it. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. We haven't done Thank this you. in a while. <laughs> I know. I know. We got to get back in the swing of things. But we will. And I am James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. Straight up.